Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Welcome back for episode 18 of Lymphedema Podcast. Again, I want to advise you not to listen to this episode around young children or anyone you just aren't comfortable discussing your sex life with. Today's topic is intimacy-related struggles that many people face with lymphedema. My guest today is Tammy Lutheringer. She is a physical therapist who specializes in pelvic floor therapy. In her private practice located in Texas, she treats both men and women, helping them reclaim control in their lives. Tammy, thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. So I want to first kind of throw it out there for anyone who's listening, not to discredit Tammy's um, information at all, but she and I have worked together in the past at a previous clinic. Uh, but she is not a lymphedema therapist, so I don't want anyone sending me emails or anything later um, about not having a lymphedema therapist on because she is so good at what she does. And I have seen so many women come in and out of her treatments and just have great results. So she is for sure an expert in this. And I just I can't wait to get some of your remarks on these questions. Thanks so much, Betty. Um, you're absolutely right. I'm not a lymphedema specialist, but fortunately, I've worked with Betty enough to know that she is. So um, what I can offer to the conversation is my years of experience related to bowel, bladder, and sexual health. And um, when it comes to intimacy, um, those issues, I'm very comfortable with treating and I'm very comfortable with talking about it. So I look forward to the conversation. Good. So we're going to jump right into it. And we're going to start first off by talking about self-confidence and a positive body image, because I had so many people reach out to me and say, you know, I just I don't feel beautiful anymore. I hate the way my leg looks or I hate the way my arm looks or, you know, I've got genital swelling and the skin doesn't look the same and they just don't feel sexy. They don't feel uh, beautiful or attractive. So I was wondering if you could just kind of break down what the role of self-confidence and a positive body image, what role that has in a sex life? Um, I, I, you cannot discount it enough. It is, um, in my mind, huge 90 plus percent, especially for women. Um, and I also want to normalize the fact that 
Um, regardless of whether you have lymphedema or not, there are certain issues that women and men have that inhibit their intimacy because of body image. So maybe I have um, a little extra fat on my belly. Maybe I have a varicose vein. Maybe I um, have had trauma in my life that makes me a little more susceptible to intimacy issues. So I want to be very clear. It's not just a lymphedema patient that potentially has these issues. So um, it's huge. Um, I like to tell people that if, um, you know, ideally we're humans walking the planet and we see a male or a male sees a female and they go, ah, I'm interested in that. And we go, mate, like that's, you know, ideally how it is intended to be. But when the brain gets involved, when the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight anxiety type um, mechanism in our brain, when that gets involved, it can totally shut down the biological responses that we have when we become sexually stimulated. Um, so it's huge. I, that's probably a long answer to what could be a very short question. It's, it's very common. It's crucial. It is also, though, across the border for men and women, not just with people with um, lymphedema. One specific question that I was asked by a listener is do you think that someone's partner can sense the change in self-esteem leading into a disinterest of intimacy? Um, you know, you would really hope so. Um, and I think therein lies, um, you know, how connected are we emotionally and spiritually with our partner? Let's say we've got partners that have been together for 10 plus years, and this is a new thing with lymphedema. I would definitely hope that the partner would be able to sense we've got some issues um, with maybe how he or she is feeling about their body. And there's ways to kind of minimize that and in uh, a partner to be understanding and say, would you feel better if we turn off the light? Would you be, be better if um, we talked about this? Would you be better if we did a little massage and got relaxed beforehand? So definitely, I think a partner should be intuitive of that. If they're not, I think if you're the person that's suffering, it's okay to verbalize, listen, I'm feeling a little um, vulnerable. I'm feeling um, a little intimidated. I'm worried about my body. Um, Here's some things that could make me feel better. So really just making it not an elephant in the room and making it something that you could talk about the same as you could talk about like, hey, you know what? We're going through menopause. I need some lubrication. Like you just need to be able to talk to talk about it on a very objective level, which is sometimes difficult when it comes to sex. But I would highly recommend taking somewhat of a business approach and say, hey, this isn't working. What are some options that we could do? What are some ways to build self-esteem and a positive body image when you have lymphedema and you're suffering um, in the love category? Um, I think, and, and once again, I would say with anybody that's having this type of in intimacy issues related to body image in any way, I think it's important to think about what is working, um, the positive things that are going on with your body. Um, I still have an interest in sex. That's huge. I have beautiful eyes. 
that's an amazing thing. Um, my body still works. In other words, I can still have sex if I want to. Um, like, what are all these positive things? And taking the responsibility upon yourself sometimes when you may not be into it, figuring out a way to kind of get into it, almost like act, act as if. Um, I always equate sex sometimes to exercise. We wait, may wake up in the morning and say, oh, my goodness, I don't even want to do this. I think, oh, this would be so terrible. But if we put our tennis shoes on and we go work out and we do the exercise, we never leave that exercise session and go, my goodness, why did I do that? Sex is much the same way. You may lay there and go, I feel bad. I mean, my body is not what I want and this kind of thing. But then once we actually engage with a partner that there is an emotional attachment to, an understanding partner, a partner that you love, you never leave that session going, oh, my goodness, this was so terrible. I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> it's usually always very, um, very rewarding in the end. And um, when we talk about just biochemistry, the blood, blood supply that goes to the genitalia, engorges the genitals, really is good for um, reducing limp from a given area. That's one thing that's positive about it. That's one thing to just encourage you to go ahead and practice, practice, try, try. You know, it's, it's not going to be a bad thing. But the second thing is that it is one of those activities, much like exercise, that can reduce or can increase the endorphins and enkephalins in the brain, which are nat natural mood stabilizers and relaxers. So if we've got anxiety about having sex and we feel intimidated and we have low body image, the act of doing sex is somewhat of a treatment, if that makes any sense. That definitely makes sense. I love that you related it to exercise. Sarah and I also related it to exercise in last week's episode talking about how you really dread going to the gym. And even if you like working out, sometimes just getting started, you're like, okay, I don't really want to do this right now. Maybe I can wait till later. And then later never mm -hmm. really comes. And so if you just get out there and do it, just like you said, mm -hmm. you never really leave a workout going, well, that sucked. I wish I really hadn't wasted my time on that. Absolutely. You feel better. You're awake. You're alert. You're energized. Now, if you went real hard and you just left everything you had at the gym or you run and you just ran your heart out, yeah, but you still have a sense of accomplishment. So Absolutely. the same with sex. You just, you kind of make up your mind like, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to because it's good for our relationship. It's good for me. It's good for him and you or her or whoever. And you just really want to relate and connect to your partner. So... I mean, marriage is yeah. sometimes a sacrifice like that, right? It's not, it's not always. Well, and I would, I would challenge you or challenge anyone suffering with this, not to think of it as a challenge or, oh, I don't want to do this, but think my, of all the things that I have no control over when it's lymphedema, I have control over how I feel about having sex with my partner and I'm in charge of that. And I'm going to act as if, I'm a sexual goddess and kind of compartmentalize maybe. Um, that's another option for sure. Compartmentalize the thing that's going on with the lymphedema and just 
act as if, and guess what? You will be. I love that. And we had talked a little bit about um, some ways to incorporate MLD um, off the phone, off the interview. And Mm -hmm. so I really want to kind of speak to that a little bit. And um, I was thinking more and more about it. Whenever I have patients, they are usually undressed or in a gown or covered up with a sheet. They're never fully exposed, but they're not fully clothed. And Mm -hmm. I tell patients at home, go have your shower. Um, When you get out of the shower, dry off, put on your lotion, and then get in bed naked and do your MLD because your skin is fresh, you're clean, and you can lay down in bed um, without the distract, not distractions, but without clothes in the way because you don't get the same skin-to-skin contact. And a lot of people have their partner help them. And it can be a sensual act because you're, one, naked. Get your partner naked, too. You Mm -hmm. can turn down the lights. You can turn on a little music if that's your thing. They can apply the lotion. And they can do the MLD techniques and the MLD strokes in a way that can be sensual and then lead to whatever's next, you know? And so... I definitely think that's a way of incorporating your partner and incorporating MLD because those are both things that you're balancing real life MLD and real life sexual acts. Um, The one thing I might make mention of too, Betty, is that with MLD and and Betty is the one who has um, educated me on this type of massage And I think it's really an opportunity that if we are a little nervous about sex and maybe we're tense and the blood supply to the genitalia may be a little bit constricted because of anxiety, because of whatever, you're really opening up your body to get some really good blood supply to those areas. Now, the the caution that I would give is that um, Partners are going to have different attitudes about this type of massage. Maybe um, the male non-lymphedema patient may think, oh, man, this is great. We're fixing to get it on. And the female or the um, lymphedema patient may think of it as this is a potential way for me to help my body and it's a medical thing. So there needs to be a communication between partners to say, I need some help with this, but it may or may not lead to a sexual encounter where for sure the patient with um, lymphedema is able to express, hey, I'm in the mood, let's do my massage, is different than I need help with my massage and your partner says, all right, game on, let's go. That That's two different things and it needs to be clear between partners, you know, that this may or may not lead to a sexual encounter. Right, absolutely. Another specific question that was submitted is, what are good ways to make kneeling less painful if that position hurts swollen knees? Um, I would say avoid on your knees. Um, uh, That would be the short answer to that. However, there are some positioning pillows. There There are some pads that you can put down, pillows, that kind of thing on the knees. But I think it's important um, with any person and 
not lymphedema withstanding, but any person to be in the most comfortable position they can be in. And if your knees hurt, I would challenge that that's not really your best position. So we may um, explore other positions, um, uh, female on top, male on top, um, sitting in a chair. Um, if the a position of rear entry tends to be the most comfortable, then we can do that standing up, propped up on a chair, propped up on a bed. So you can really kind of eliminate the need to be on your knees, so to speak, I would say. So um, uh, th- th- those would be some options for me. If it hurts, don't do it. So our next question is specific to male genitalia. And this young man, he's probably in his late 20s. He is single and he says his lymphedema is mostly in his scrotum, but then also it's kind of there at the base of the penis and he wears a jock strap daily to help with compression. And his question is, how can he bring that topic up in a way that doesn't run somebody off? Those were kind of his words. And then also, what are ways to help make sex easier when he does have swelling? Okay, that, that's a great question. And gosh, it's a real specific question, and I, I'm happy to address it. Um, I would say that the way that we bring this up in a situation depends a little bit on the level of intimacy that you have with the person that you're with. Of course, it's probably much easier in a relationship where you talk about these things and the person knows what you're going through in terms of lymphedema. However, if if not, and you're at a chance encounter with someone, um, I would say that the way to address it is to give information, but don't over give information. In other words, um, ensure, you know, ensure that the person understands that this is not any sexually transmitted disease and that I've got scrotal swelling and um, that uh, really there, there's nothing that the partner should be concerned about. And then the second thing in terms of what you personally can do is, you know, do your um, lip massage beforehand. Um, Get yourself where we do have some increased blood supply to the area, maybe reducing the swelling a little bit. And then also um, get in a position that's comfortable for you. I would say for a male, if there's... um, uh, scrotal swelling, um, a comfortable position might be more with you on top or um, you in the driver's seat, so to speak, where you are kind of controlling um, the movement and how much movement there is. Um, but that would that would be certainly individual to the person. And if at any time there was pain caused by um, intercourse, you would definitely want to like, no, we need to back out of this thing. So um, you kind of taking the lead and being in charge and and, um, deciding a um, non-emotional way to share the information, I would think a partner would really appreciate just factual information and then you being in charge of positioning and that kind of thing. I definitely think bringing it up in a way that is almost casual. I I know that Mm -hmm. sex is not always a casual thing and it's not that way for every person but I think if you're kind of casual about it and you just throw it out there like hey yeah it looks different but you know it works the same which is really what you're interested in right 
And I mean, I kind of, I joke about most things. I have a nub on my finger and I almost use it now as like a conversational piece. I used to be really Mm -hmm. insecure about it. And I know that this is on a very small scale compared to genital lymphedema and a sex life. But growing up, it was a big deal to me. And as a therapist now, I use my hands all the time. People are like, what's wrong with your hand? What happened to your finger? But I just kind of throw it out there and I'm like, yeah, well, this is what happened. And this is what it looks like. And it has, it has tricks. Like, I'm just kind of funny about it. And I think that if you can kind of, if you can have the conversation and throw a little humor in it and let them know like, hey, this is what it is. But I promise you won't really know the difference once we get going. I think that really will put everyone at ease and then kind of make them not so sensitive to it. Because I think if you approach it in a, well, this is what I have and it looks yeah, like Yeah, very this. objective and nonchalant. And if it's, if you make it sound scary or sad or just very like a very sensitive issue, then they're going to tippy toe around it too. So... I think hopefully that will help as well. And then for him. Um, One thing out. Go Go ahead. I was going to just mention one other thing. This goes back to what we talked about in the beginning in terms of body image and self-esteem. When you own your body image and your self-esteem and you are like, hey, I've got lymphedema, but that ain't me. It's just something that happened to me or uh, that I'm dealing with then you're much more um, less um, likely to be anxious or annoyed when you actually are able to say, I am Tammy, I'm not my lymphedema. And you can kind of separate that from your body image and from your confidence level. So I think that plays into with everything that we've talked about today. Definitely. And I think that potentially, and I could be wrong, but a condom may also help to push back some of that swelling at the base of the penis as well. Uh, yes, yes, I'm sorry to, that you're absolutely right. I did think about that. Um, uh, of course, you want to uh, make sure if there's any latex sensitivity or that kind of thing, there, there's options for that. But yeah, I would think that compression would definitely be helpful. So I want to discuss real quick. The last question is about a frequent UTI and she submitted this question to me and she gave a little backstory. So I'm going to go ahead and just throw that out there for anyone who's listening. Um, She has cellulitis frequently and she's prone to cellulitis. She's on an antibiotic and when she's on the antibiotic, she's noticed that after sexual activities with her spouse that she has um, a burning sensation or like a UTI sensation. And I don't know for sure, based on our conversation, if she has been diagnosed from her doctor as it actually being a UTI, or if she just feels that burning sensation when she pees, or, you know, it's just a short amount of urine that comes out, or a small amount of urine that comes out when she voids. But she says she gets a UTI frequently when she's on the antibiotic, for the cellulitis. Could you speak to that a little bit? Um, Sure. Um, I think what I try to encourage my patients, um, regardless if they're pelvic pain or um, incontinent or uh, bowel issues, 
is that when we engage in sexual activity, it's important. Hygiene is important. And I'm not talking about um, uh, antibiotic wipes or anything like that. Um, The vagina is a self-cleaning oven. So one of the things that it has going for it is that when we urinate, it provides almost like a sterile environment. So people that are prone to UTIs, I always encourage them to urinate prior to intercourse and then urinate again after intercourse. Um, Certain um, things can happen during intercourse where there can be some abrasions and things like that that could cause a little burning that is quickly remedied um, within you know, 12 hours, but, um, also, uh, the, uh, urine, like I said, provides a sterile environment. So that would be the first thing that I would do. The second thing, when you are on a long-term antibiotic for cellulitis, even at a low dose, it wreaks real havoc on your gut flora. And in women, the natural flora or bugs, so to speak, that keep our genitalia healthy, So I would encourage her to really consider a probiotic specific to females. Um, There is a really good one um, that I recommend to patients. It's called Metagenics Women's Health, and it is a great probiotic for people that are prone to yeast, that are prone to um, UTIs, or people that are on chronic antibiotic use because you are killing bugs in one area that you want to, but our body needs bugs to function properly. The third thing that I would mention is when we are on uh, chronic antibiotic therapy, um, you run a real risk of an overgrowth of yeast in a certain area. So I would want to definitely rule out whether the patient had any sort of yeast infection or that kind of thing as well. To piggyback on that, I actually asked this question yesterday to my OBGYN. I just happened to be going in for a visit, and we discussed this a little bit. And for anyone who's listening, his recommendation was when you are having that burning sensation, while you are actively having that feeling, make an appointment with your PCP and go in for a urine analysis because that's the time you're having the symptoms. And if you can go in During those symptoms, as they're active, they can test your urine and see what specifically is causing it. Because like we've said already, it may not actually be a UTI because the bacteria should prevent that infection from occurring. But it could be yeast infection or it could just be irritation from the activity. So a couple random questions, and I didn't really prepare you for these. But um, I've just been thinking about them based on our topic here. And do you have any recommendations or suggestions for non-intercourse sexual acts that couples can participate in if they're physically unable to perform intercourse? Um, Absolutely. Um, There are several... um several different um, options that people have that don't want to engage in intercourse. And one, of course, is oral sex. Um, Definitely, there's different positions that are available in that versus um, intercourse. So that is an option. Um, Masturbation is an option. Mutual masturbation are things that um, can happen that you can still have intimacy with a partner. You can still have the 
release of endorphins and enkephalins and all those good things that we said uh, good sex life um, enables, um, but not necessarily um, having to participate in intercourse. So those are definitely things that I, if um, I encourage all of my patients, whether they are lymphedema or they are pelvic pain or whatever, um, intimacy does not is not limited to intercourse between a man and a woman. Absolutely. I would completely agree with that. And in addition to those alternative acts, would you, do you have any recommendations for specific tools or toys that are available to purchase? Um, there are, I mean, oh my goodness, there's just numerous, numerous amounts of um, toys that include vibration, that include rotation, several different things. So that would be, in my mind, something that would be um, in the line of normal um, sexual health is exploring um, toys, exploring things they, that may improve your sexual experience. And the list is nine miles long that you could look into. Amazon is actually a great resource um, for those types of things. Awesome. Another woman had recommended tantric sex. She said that is what her and her husband participate in. I've actually just done very, very little research, but I didn't know if you had much information on tantric sex or the act of that meditative, sexual, spiritual encounter. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with it. I am familiar with what it is. And just like I've said through the entire day, if it's something that improves your sexual experience, that is something that you should participate. There are tons of books about um, tantric sex um, um, recommendations and rituals and that type of thing. And I'm a firm believer in um, doing you like if do you if this is something that um, you feel passionate about and improves your sexual experience, I think that you should participate in it. Awesome. Well, Tammy, I really appreciate all of your expert, wonderful information today. I know that it's going to help so many people because this is a sensitive topic, but it's a topic that a lot of people shy away from because it is so intimate and personal. But no matter who you are, no matter your walk of life, we're sexual beings. And although I'm pretty nervous that my mom is going to get a hold of this episode or my dad's going to hear me say penis uh, and that everyone else can hear me say that, I'm a little nervous. But I'm an open book and I love having conversations that are real and honest and relatable. So I just thank you so much for participating and for all of your great advice today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Betty. You're welcome. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about sex and intimacy related to lymphedema. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode. <laughs>